This is the Transmission Times. I started to question government and democracy when I first moved to Singapore seven years ago. The first thing that I started to question was our freedom of speech. And I know, as an American, that it is the utmost freedom, is the freedom of speech. It's what keeps us from tyranny. And when I came to Singapore, I realized how much damage we do to each other with this freedom of speech. Over the past, I don't know, maybe 10 years or so, I have found that I do have a place in the Democratic Party in this smaller kind of subgroup of pro-life Democrats. <laughs> but then this pandemic has really made me feel like maybe that's not true. Maybe I'm not as democratic as I thought. I find myself saying Republican-y things. When the Prime Minister Lee Kuan Yew passed away, someone tried to post something online saying what an awful person he was, which I thought was pretty disrespectful. And there were consequences to this person posting that online. Nothing severe, like no one was killed for what they said. But the point is that the freedoms here are withheld, but for the greater good. I grew up in a pretty non-political home, and I was oblivious to politics in my 20s. And once I did become political, I was pretty left-wing, and I never really thought about it. It just seemed like the right place to be. It seemed like the kind end of the political spectrum. We need universal health care. Like, maybe if you want to pay for the Cadillac care, you can pay extra, but we need basic, pretty darn good universal health care. It's time. It is something that will have, I think, far-reaching benefits to society. Because if we can't take care of everybody, during something like a pandemic, it affects everybody. And I think that's becoming more and more clear, I hope, to a lot of people, aside from being just like the compassionate good thing to do. And then in my early 30s, I had a couple of ladies who owned a restaurant I had a side job at. And they retired, but then they decided to start a Wheels on Meals program for AIDS patients. So I volunteered to deliver meals on Tuesdays. For some reason, I came across talk radio and I was listening to Rush Limbaugh. I found him completely offensive. Like, I just was blown away by everything he said, but I couldn't stop listening. <laughs> I got like addicted to the outrage or something. And at the same time, I'm working for these very left-wing ladies. But what happened while I was doing that was basically the city shut them down just through harassing them with regulations. And I stopped being outraged about 
Rush Limbaugh and I started being a little more outraged about government. I went the other day to pick up a doctor's note for my son to go back to school. So I go to the walk-in clinic and I walk in and there was a nurse in the reception area and she said, oh ma'am, can you please go outside? I'll meet you there. I said, oh, okay. So I go out to the front and there's a man there. He was walking in behind me and he said, oh, here's the sign that you missed. Now I'm being policed by everybody. Oh, you got to make sure that you have on a mask. You got to make sure that you're following the protocols. You got to read all of the signs before you walk into a building. Why is that being taken from me? The ability to so simply walk into a building, pick something up, and then walk out. I feel like that was very Republican of me. Moving here has opened my eyes to that, the freedoms that we hold so dearly as Americans may not be to our benefit. And the pandemic has only proven that yet again, if the U.S. could just be with a centralized government for a minute and the centralized government could you know, make some sort of response to a pandemic, you could just have the entire place running again in two months. That's what it took in Singapore. For half of my life, I've been libertarian leaning, getting less and less libertarian and more and more voluntarious, which is just a nicer word for anarchist. Not anarchists like throwing bombs. I mean anarchists like the less government, the better. Maybe even no government is better because I just now see government as a vehicle for corrupt people to make money. We are essentially living our lives more or less as we would anyways in Singapore. We wear masks everywhere. Everyone wears a mask. And we can't meet up in groups of more than five outside of our house. Is it a little inconvenient sometimes? Yes. But I like that they're being cautious, to be honest. I don't really want to hear about numbers rising and be afraid to go outside again and run errands and do all the things that I want to do. So I'm okay with the fact that they're being cautious on our behalf. And that's a freedom that's being taken from me that I would gladly give up again and again and again. You know, Bayer, which bought Monsanto, has just had to pay out billions, not millions, billions of dollars to plaintiffs in lawsuits over their use of Roundup causing non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. And the FDA still says it's safe to use and does not cause cancer. That's the regulatory agency that is supposed to be protecting us and our interests. It doesn't take very much effort to find these things out. You have to want to know. 
and nobody wants to know. Nobody wants to believe that they cannot trust these organizations. Granted, when those freedoms are being taken from you, you have to have good, kind-hearted people in power, which Singapore does and always has had in their short life as a country. If you have a dictator in power who is not kind, then you need things like freedom of speech and you need things to be said and heard. My fellow employees of our organization wanted to have a send-off party for someone who was getting married next week and they wanted us all to bring something and have a little gift and presentation and celebration and I wasn't thinking too carefully about it and said what I would bring and contributed to the gift and I had just gently asked if this was going to be inside or if they were going to be outside and oh we never thought about that sorry if it makes you uncomfortable and then I just at that point said I couldn't attend and I would stop by for a quick congratulations I remember at the beginning obsessively disinfecting everything and now I still wash my hands a lot but we just know a lot more now than we used to in terms of the transmission. And I think that goes a long way in quelling anxiety about getting COVID, knowing that it is airborne and less surface has made a massive difference in general stress levels and fear of getting COVID, even though you realize it's not zero. So I felt very awkward that I might be viewed as like, timid Nelly and afraid that everybody had cooties but being in this for the long haul means that if you want to get out of this with the best possible chance of not catching this virus you're going to have to look like a person who doesn't take risks even if you are a person who is happy to take certain risks. Rock climbing, mountain climbing. Yet, for my physical health right now, I can't attend a party to celebrate somebody's wedding. Maybe I'm more accepting that it may happen, even though I'm trying my darndest not to get it. But you can't live in a bubble I think you get worn down. I think you start just accepting that there's some risk inevitably. But I think I'm less terrified. It's a terrible virus. It affects people so differently. I'm taking as much caution as I take with avoiding a tick bite. I don't want Lyme disease. I don't want coronavirus. And... These are ordinary ways to take care of myself, even though it seems very extreme. They don't really know right now how long those long-term effects uh, will last. And if they uh, use SARS as an example, which is also a coronavirus, it doesn't look good.
So it seems like this is something that we want to get under control. It's not like the flu where you get it and you recover and you can move on. It's different. I'm in the age group that has to be careful. I'm very healthy individual. But I can see how people, when they catch this virus, are compromised. And we don't know, but it may be for the rest of their lives. There are lots of diseases and illnesses that can put one in that position. And most of the time, we have no control over whether we experience them or not. But this one, there is a tiny, tiny bit of control in that we can try and keep ourselves safe and try and find a way to live through this without putting ourselves in harm's way. And I just want to live a little bit longer here and have some other experiences. I'd like to say a huge thank you to Lauren, Laura, Amanda, Diane, and Karen, whose voices are coming to you from Maine, New Hampshire, Arizona, Washington, D.C., and Singapore. Since the beginning of lockdown, the Transmission Times has been collecting audio diaries from people around the world. But there are many stories we haven't heard, and if yours is one of them, we'd love to hear from you. Right now, we're looking for people of all faiths to answer the following question. What role has your faith played during this pandemic? Please send your replies to us in one of two ways. You can record on your smartphone using an app like Voice Memos and email it to transmissiontimes at gmail.com. Or you can call our phone number 847-354-4163 and leave a voicemail. Thank you. The Transmission Times is created by me, Katie Semro. 